1: Learn more at Marines.com.
0: So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us?
1: Hi, villains, and welcome to For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast. And I am absolutely stoked and delighted today because number one, I get to talk about Czech Decore, who's somebody that I've had a little bit of a man crush on for the last probably about five to six months. But secondly, got fantastic full analytics on. And uh, how are you doing, Steve?
0: Yeah, not too bad. Very, very excited to talk about Czech Decore as well.
1: Yeah, he's a uh, I know i know that you've you've been into him as as long as I have too but uh first before we get on to it tell me what hashtag villa spaces congratulations on that that's that's been an absolute uh, monumental success and uh, i suppose long may I continue for yourself and I, so i just wanted to say fair play on that it was really good it kept kept a lot of put, sent a lot of people to bed with a positive mental attitude i think yeah with those bedtime mm. stories so fair play to you guys for for keeping those poked out to us uh, know over over testing and trying time. Uh, for it, I
0: appreciate that um anyone who's watching who got involved with that thank you so much because it, it was the whole community engaging with it is what made it mm-hmm. what made it really good for us I think.
1: Yeah and that was exactly and that's what that's that's what needed to happen um because and I promised this the last time I'm going to talk about Jack Gradish but I think what what needed to happen it needed to be a collective grieving period because uh, mm. that helped us get over an awful lot quicker uh, because if everybody was was going through the grief curve at the same time and somebody was down in the depression stage and, and other, more, other people were coming out of that, you might be able to drag, you know, that person might drag people out. So it's just fantastic. I thought it was really good. And as a fan base, we kind of, we did get over it, you know, and we showed, we showed what we're made of and, you know, uh, it just cemented how how fantastic the Villa fan base was. So well done on, on that. But, you know, as I say we're, we're we're going to chat about Czech the Cure today and uh you know as I say I, I really really like him and uh, I'd be really interested to to see what you think makes him tick so just to kind of explain to the viewers and to the listeners what's going to happen here um I actually recorded a video on check the Courier myself so I'm going to be quiet. Which you're all going to be delighted about for the majority of this, and after we get the pros' view here from uh, from Steam Villa Analytics, I'm going to play my own little piece on it, my own little dissection that I did and why I like him and why I think he's perfect for 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 Dean Smith. But the floor is all Steve's first to to tell us what he thinks about him. So give us the lowdown on him. What's your view on him, and where do you you know what have you seen from him that's actually uh, that that has made Aston Villa want to open the purse to to to, to try and pursue him.
0: Well, I've been saying all, all summer long, we need a defensive midfielder. We need someone who's going to be active in the midfield, who's going to make a, a lot of big defensive impression on teams and also someone who's a better ball player because obviously we've got Marvellous Camber in there who's got his wonderful ball winning skills. But once he does have the ball, he's obviously not the best in the squad at, at playing it. So I, I've been absolutely desperate to, for someone who will win the ball a lot, so they can play alongside maybe Douglas Luiz, um, but can also play it play it forward, maybe carry it a bit. A really reliable passer, and I think Cory is all of those things. I think offensively, he's an exceptional ball carrier. Uh, I saw a tweet by who scored the other day, which I think said he was the second highest yeah. in on for um, his dribble success, which is obviously incredible. Is it like was um, it
1: after Mbappe or someone like that? I think it was. Uh... Uh,
0: I, I can't. I can't remember who it was after. I, I don't think I paid too much attention, to be honest. Other than the fact that <laughs> didn't matter. We weren't linked right. to.
1: We were she, linked she, to who was ex, first. <laughs>
0: exactly. Um, so that that on the ball quality is obviously amazing. I think he's got brilliant passing range. Um, his I can't remember exactly, but I think it's something like eighty-eight percent is his long passing completion, mm-hmm. which is whatever it is, is absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, pass over long distances, dribble the ball, and then off the ball, very, very intense. A lot of pressures, a lot of interceptions, a lot of tackles, really, really high um, press pressure success numbers as well. Um, obviously, combining that defensive quantity with the quality, which is really, really important, because I think we have lacked that player who can sit in front of the defence and really, really disrupt opposition play, which I would love Douglas who is to do, but he doesn't you know, he doesn't quite have
1: that defensive side to his game at the minute. Mm. What I can actually do is, like, I, I I'm, I've done a little graphic here, and, and and I suppose this might make it easier to kind of see what, uh, what, what, what you're, what, what you speak of, the truth that you speak, um, Steve. So, just give me a moment, yeah. And like, this is, whoa, I think that's going to look absolutely awful, but. Um, it is basically as you were saying there that he has a a fantastic ability to play a long raking ball and to play it on target so um this is production at its highest guys this is why this is why you tune into youtube and if you're not tuning into youtube and you're listening to the audio podcast it's fine you're not missing much i'll be honest with you there uh, it's just a man just an old fella trying here to resize the screen um but this this is what we were talking about there when you said it was that um You know, he's an 84.4% long pass success. And Mm -hmm. uh, like that puts him in the top 4% of all midfielders in Europe. Mm Now, look, granted, there are how many midfielders, the defensive midfielders are going to play long balls, but you're better looking at someone who can do it as opposed to looking for somebody who can't do it. Am I right in saying that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And especially now we've got, especially uh, Leon Bailey in there, uh, who's going to be running in behind with all his pace. Having more players who have that range on them that they can just put them in behind out of nowhere is always going to be a good thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And when you say that, uh, you you know, you you mentioned, I suppose you mentioned with the with the Villa guys and what what they actually what, what Dean Smith has uh, asked them to do over the last season or so. Uh, do you think someone like Jack de Kure is going to come in here and is going to probably uh, tear up the rule book with regards to what Smith has asked as asked the midfielder to do? Um, or is it going to be a plug and play option in your view? Uh,
0: definitely. I, I think he'll put a real different dynamic on our midfield. I think he'll free up whoever, it, if it is still the 4-2-3-1, um, which I think it might be, but it might not be. Um, if it is that, he'll really free up his playing partner. If it's a 4-4-2, I think he gives us the license to do that because in a four four two. Obviously, lacking that extra man, you need someone who's going to cover a lot of ground, play really intense brand of football. And Chick DeCorey offers that. So I, I, I think he essentially just opens the door to more possibilities for Dean for his midfield just by being that different option that's so, so useful to top teams. You know, you look at the likes of Fabinho, Casemiro, Rodri, for example how much they free up the midfield that they play in, particularly Roger, you know, you can have Kevin De Bruyne and Bernardo Silva, for example, or maybe Jack Grealish next season, playing in the midfield with that one exceptional ball winner, ball player, whole package player that Chick de Corey is. Uh, so I, I think the tactical options that he provides, Dean will absolutely love.
1: It's interesting that you say that because... Dean Smith, probably the biggest criticism. Well, apart from he makes his tubs subs so late was that Hmm. Dean Smith was tactically rigid. Um, last season, um, is it is it a case this season? I suppose, especially I suppose, realistically, if Czech Dugoria comes in here, that that that's what Dean Smith doesn't want to have to happen. So, so what I'm trying to get at here is, um, and this is completely off topic, but is it a case of horses for courses? The, the the reason that Dean Smith was technically rigid last year, maybe he understood that Ross Barkley wasn't able to do the shift that he was that, that he wanted him to do, and that's what kind of painted him into a corner from playing that that that's uh, that kind of rigid tactic last season.
0: I mean, I hope so. I'm not necessarily too optimistic. I think I would have the same criticisms of Dean in that I think particularly in midfield areas, he maybe doesn't... And I I don't want to be too harsh on him, but I think he, he sometimes misses the mark a bit, I think, in terms of structuring the midfield. There was quite a few times last season, I think, of Brighton at home. They were able to bypass our midfield very, very easily. Uh Southampton at home as well. When we played Leeds, when we played West Ham, I think these really tactically aware teams with you know very, very technical managers like, you know, Bielsa, Potter, Hassan Hutal were the teams that were able to beat us that maybe that they were points teams that we didn't get as many points as we'd have hoped against. And I think that would be the reason.
1: Yeah. And, and you actually named the three. I suppose they're the three. And probably, look, probably Sean, Dy- or Sean Dyche as well. Um, You know, the fact that that game against Burnley when we absolutely battered him and just couldn't score that goal. um, And and do you think that Dean Smith is going to, going to want to dispel that? Do you think it bothers him? Do you think he's going to want to dispel that myth maybe or or to try and disprove it as a myth that he is tactically inflexible?
0: I mean, for sure, that will have been something in their end of season reviews uh, mm-hmm. internally within the club. They will have observed that it was against these, you know, very similar groups of teams that we really, really struggled against. And I would like I'd like to hope at least that, you know, we we picked out the reasons why and that will be why we're after a midfielder of this profile. Uh, one thing that I did notice when I was having a quick check of DeCorey's numbers um a couple of days ago was that on FB ref which is obviously stats bombs using stats bomb data on their similar players model the number one player was Papi Matassar who yeah. obviously we went after earlier in the window which suggests we have very much looked at this is the profile of midfielder we want let's obviously we went for Mat- Matassar they wanted a bit too much money so now we've gone for the for the next best thing according to according to our scouts, according to our recruitment team. Um,
1: and, and potentially, potentially, maybe, like, I, I, I love this, that, you know, some sometimes a fan base, and I'm guilty as hell of this as well, They can kind of think that, okay, we didn't get Papa Matassar, he must have been our number one transfer target. Um, hmm. And I think, do you know what, I you know what the beauty of this is with Aston Villa this season is, everybody thought Tammy would have been our number one transfer target for a striker, but turns out it was Danny Ings. You know, mm. all along because money was similar, um, money was similar, and when Danny Ing's like like Tammy was the was potentially the backup, but, and and uh, maybe they, maybe there's something along the lines here. Maybe they went for went for both at the time at launch were kind of saying yeah listen maybe we don't really want to sell check the query we see more for him at the moment and then they went after papa and then met said yeah give us 30 million for him or whatever and Villa went not too rich for our blood for a young unproven player and now it's just come to fruition that they've waited out the transfer market and 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 check the query might be somebody that they might look at as well but it's really interesting the way those things happen that we just happen to be mentioned with those people and um and 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 the, the way that you the way that it came up, but unchecked um, the courier as well. Uh, when I watched a lot of his tape, do you know why you actually saw quite a bit of, quite a bit of in him? It's Declan oh. Rice. Mm. And like, Declan Rice is being touted at 80 million. And with regards to, I suppose, the market inefficiencies that, that Villa are going to look for, um, obviously, looking at maybe at a twenty-one-year-old at Ballian international playing in the in the bottom half of, of league on, if he can give you statistical output of somebody that, that is playing for West Ham and England, got, just got to a Euro, European Cup final, and uh, and and you know, if all things are believed, it, people want record transfer fees for him. You know, why wouldn't you take advantage of those uh, those market inefficiencies?
0: Mm, absolutely, and t- to be honest, with um, loans as well uh seco for fun also plays in midfield with Chase yeah. corey who, who i absolutely love as well and i'd be delighted if, he, if we could do a little double transfer on them too uh i think our midfield is getting quite packed out obviously we have quite a lot yeah. of options in there but I, i'm a massive massive fan of seco as well i think Lons for for a bottom half french team as you say i love them um i, I just love those two in the middle i love to watch them and i was actually watching um it's, it's quite funny actually because I was watching um, Longs versus Ren with my dad the other day. And um, obviously, Ren has so many fantastic talents Kamavinga, Kamaldi, and Doku. And then we were talking about um, me and my dad talking about Seko for And then we started talking about Chick DeCorey. And we were saying this could really work for Villa, you know, getting Chick DeCorey in. And then the very next day, check, open up Twitter in the morning. Aston Villa are interested in. Lawrence check the core it's like hold on have they got a have they got a microphone in our living room or something
1: <laughs> yeah exactly um it's, it's actually a really interesting one because when the news broke it was uh, i can't remember exactly what it was I think it might have been goal.com had something to do with it as well but they referenced Atlanta as well in the in 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 the the release let's say that it was atalanta and uh, aston villa and that really rung true with me because now um, when I was speaking to Fabrizio Romano, um, name drop, shameless name drop. Uh, when I was speaking to Fabrizio <laughs> Romano, uh, he mentioned Villa and Atlanta as you know that there's there's kind of swirling winds in European football about yeah. what, the, what what the two clubs are doing, and people are beginning to look up and go, "Well, these guys are are after they're after cracking something here." Um, whether it comes to fruition or not, for us, Atlanta, you could say maybe it has. They've cracked it, considering they've they've played yeah, champions definitely. in football recently, and they're, and they're they're playing at the top of the top of Serie. A. But uh, you know, it's nice to be nice to be mentioned in the in those brackets, isn't it?
0: Mm. Yeah, he, he mentioned one other as well, didn't he? Fabrizio Was
1: mentioned it? Leicester, Leicester, Leicester ourselves yeah, and, yeah. and Atlanta. Yeah,
0: I'm mm. um, well done on getting that, by the way. Getting a little connection with Fabrizio
1: Romano—that's. <laughs> I it couldn't was, believe uh,
0: it when I, when I saw that he was your special guest
1: <laughs> I couldn't believe it either <laughs> if it had felt if it had fallen through, I wouldn't have known what to do that would have been, I would have hid for about two weeks uh, but uh, thank you very much for that and and uh, you know it is nice to hear that especially from somebody who is so um so 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 widely respected I suppose Within we we tend you know in a reactionary sense when when a journalist gets something wrong there tends to be a piling on him but you know, People are very very slow to kind of appreciate them when they do get 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 stuff right and more often than not he does get stuff right and yeah it might be might be obvious stuff or whatever it might be stuff but uh he's just he's he's a great he's a good reporter and I think you know the here we go's are working an awful lot when uh, when you see them you can almost be guaranteed that it's unless there's something catastrophic like like what happened at Messi, um that that it's 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 going to be one hundred percent you know transfer yeah. gone through so um hopefully we get a here we go with check the courier as well. Yeah. fingers crossed. <laughs> fingers crossed. Um, one thing I suppose I found with Check the Courier was that he had a, he, he was he was able to carry the ball out of trouble as well, uh, Steve. Mm. So like when we look at the team that we have here at the moment, obviously losing Jack, John McGinn did it in his first season. Douglas Louise doesn't carry the ball out of trouble, and the canvas certainly doesn't carry the ball out of trouble. Um, mm. Do you think that's probably something Dean Smith was looking for, or, or is still looking for? Whether it be uh, a check the courier or whether it be somebody else.
0: Well, I think that's something that we can develop with Douglas Louise. I think especially Man City away like, uh, the season just gone. Mm. Douglas was, you know, letting it run through his legs and seemed to p- play with a lot of confidence. And that's my r- real big thing with Douglas is when he looks like he's playing with confidence and playing openly and expansively he he can be so brilliant and i think that that chick the corey type player will really bring the best out of him maybe taking his worries a little bit off the defensive side and making him have a bit more confidence because i think particularly when it's douglas and john mcginn for the both of them they know that the player next to them isn't the biggest defender, you know, isn't really mm-hmm. going to be there to bail them out of trouble if, if they do lose the ball. They know that, you know, Douglas, every time he receives it, he knows if I get tackled here, they're straight through on the, on the back line. Yeah. Whereas with Jake Decore, he might be a bit more protective, a bit quicker to react. I think Douglas will be able to sit in a slightly higher space, have a bit more confidence when he receives the ball. So I think we, it would really give us that dual effect of having Decore, as you say, is that, ball carrier to relieve the pressure but also I think that'll bring that side of Douglas's game out in a big way as well
1: And that's interesting so I think Douglas Lewis wants to pass the ball more I think he mm. wants you know he has his itchy feet you know essentially and and um, yes when he came in and he was proving himself in the in the after Project restart, and he had to protect the D at the front of the uh, in the front of the area for the goals. He did a fantastic job there this season. Not so much. Well, like, hmm. but that's not to denigrate him and say he did a poor job. I just think that this season's midfield was a lot more open than. Um, anybody wanted it to be due to the fact of maybe the positioning of Ross Barkley, maybe the work rate ethic and rate of, of Ross Barkley. I think it kind of exposed McGinn and, and Lewis within that system a small bit. We didn't see the best out of the two of them. So maybe going back to playing a system where you've got two sixes and an eight or a six and two eights, as opposed to a six, eight and 10, you know, on the field uh, might actually suit Douglas Louise. And it, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's worth, it's worth noting that you know, Douglas Louise, even, Bad for lesser form, should I say, than he had previously. Even that taken into account, didn't seem to deter the Brazilian national team from selecting him for the Copa, no. and it didn't certainly didn't deter him from uh, going and winning a gold medal with the with the Brazilian Olympic team. So, um, he's coming back on, on on the crest of a wave, and if we get in somebody like uh, like a Check de Cure, you know what they're going to do they're going to have a hard job on their ta- on their hands to try and displace him.
0: Mm, absolutely, hundred percent agreed.
1: So. Um, If this was to come to fruition, do you think Check the Courier starts? Uh, day one, not day one, obviously, because he's not going to play, play on Saturday. But uh, do you think that he comes in and he displaces somebody straight away?
0: Yeah, for de- for definite. I think we're absolutely screaming out for that profile. So 100% for me.
1: Next question is who? Who does he displace?
0: I don't think it will be a permanent um i think there'll be rotation in mm-hmm. the rest of the midfield i think it depends as well on if we sign another winger or not or another attacking player, which we have been linked to but i'm not not too sure if we will uh so if we if we're going for the four i'd probably go with r- r- to be honest my first choice would usually be decorian and douglas louise um okay. with whoever it is in front of them. Um, I think John McGinn can play a big role as well. Um, Mm -hmm. I'd much prefer him in a higher space where his ball-receiving qualities are put to more use. Um, But if it's going to be in that deeper line position, probably Douglas Lewis for me.
1: Yeah, you, you just actually sparked something in my mind. Could you imagine the two of those, Douglas Luiz and, and, and Check the Courier playing behind John McGinn, but John McGinn was actually playing in that, I'm going to call it, 10 position. He plays, he's mm-hmm. playing in there. And Could you imagine if we had Ali Watkins on the left, Buendia on the right, and Ings up front? The press from those four would be frighteningly good. We're talking yeah. Barcelona, Barcelona 09-10 or whatever that era was, that first era where they actually just pressed people off the, off the park. And um, that would be amazing. The work rate up there would be fantastic. And maybe we will go into some games like that. Um, mm. it, but it, and, and the reason I asked the question was who does this, this place wasn't to put you on the spot. The reason I asked was, let's get giddy if somebody like this comes in because we've got options. And I think the yeah. days I've seen somebody play 37 out of 38 games and playing touching on 3000 minutes. I think they're going to be gone soon for Aston Villa. And that can Definitely. only be a good thing because mm. we, don't, we won't have the midseason slumps.
0: Yeah, I, I was saying, and uh, I'm not sure where, it must have been on one of the Villa spaces, but a couple of weeks ago, about how in the Premier League, the real difference is teams like Villa, like Leeds, for example, have a, might have a good player in 9 or 10, like a really good player in 9 out of 10, 9 or 10, sorry, out of 11, obviously, positions on the pitch. Whereas teams like Chelsea, Man United, Man City especially Man City will have four or five quality options in every single position mm-hmm. and it's just that backup that ability to make tactical decisions with your lineup as well as with the set 11 that you've got or maybe changing one or two players and that ability to make subs that will really change the game rather than just El Ghazi on for Trezeguet, which is obviously you know it's fresh legs but it's not really going to change the dynamic of the game at all is it no uh, but if like you say for example we could line up with a 442 with um Bailey Buendia, Ings Watkins Douglas and Decore and then you know we we could sub off you know if Danny Ings got a bit tired we could sub off Danny Ings bring on John McGinn shift to a 4231 and then we've still got a really really strong team out there completely different tactically but everyone's still comfortable everyone's still of a high quality in those positions so if it wasn't working for us in the four four two, that can change the game on a on a hairpin right there, mm-hmm. and that I think that's the real real difference, and that's what now the privilege of being able to spend hundred million a year without having to sell. Obviously, we did sell Jack Grealish, but we, without having to sell four or five players a year means that those players that were our starters then become our subs, and everyone else gets knocked down without them having to leave, which gives us that backup.
1: And, and you know what future proofing that's what it also does mm-hmm. here as well like we might bring in check the curry in and look this is this might all be playing this guy so we might not sign him at all but i do you know what i'm going to enjoy talking about him because if we did bring him in what i might do is it might future proof us that if douglas louise does get i give like villa get a 35 or 40 million bid for like call it unlikely but let's say they do from a champions league team the dreaded champions league team again um and Douglas Luiz decides. Listen, lads, I need to go. I'm twenty, whatever, and uh, I want to go and I want to win, win cups, and I want to go and play in this league or whatever. Let's say somebody like Atletico Madrid came in and and said, "We want Douglas Luiz. Here's 30 million. Um, you know, you're we have kind of seen that that we're, we're, we might be powerless to, to 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 stop that from happening. But what I think the 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 brain trust is more intelligent. Then why I like, why I think it's more intelligent than previous brain trusts we've had is that if you bring in somebody like this, well then hey yeah, we can let Douglas Lewis go. We'll send him off. we'll get a massive pro- we we'll get a profit from him and we already have somebody who's bedded in underneath with maybe 15, 16 games under his belt the season previous. and mm. uh, it doesn't really disrupt the the, the, the Apple character as such. like yes, Apple, Jack Grealish going is going to disrupt it, but we got guys in and um, before we left him before we let, let him leave, And I think that Aston Villa will want to kind of future-proof their squad going forward. Now that they have shown this, um, you know, they've shown this ambition over the last couple of seasons.
0: Yeah, definitely, and not only in terms of having that replacement ready, but also putting us in a stronger buying position. If we Mm -hmm. then look for someone else, for example, you know, if if we if we sold Douglas, we's like the example you use, rather than a scrambling going right. We need a defensive midfielder in the door. We go to. Brighton to try and sign Basuma, and then go right we know you need a defensive midfielder so you can give us yes. 60 million whereas yeah. now we can go no hold on we'll, we'll just put we'll just put Cheek Cory in there with John McGinn yeah. see you later and they'll system. be like alright go on 40 million yeah. have him
1: yeah, I think, I think there is a lot of that horse trading as well that goes on in transfers as well. And uh, from memory as well, as I say, I did do a video on Check the Courier prior to this, and I actually think I'm, I mentioned that along with the market inefficiencies um, because uh, without, spoiler alert, and keep watching, keep watching the video until the end, you'd be you'd be surprised how similar Check the Courier and Basuma are from a are tact- from a statistical point of view, guys. You'd be mm. really surprised. You'd be surprised with some of the stats that are... Um, that, that are thrown up so if you are listening to this in the audio podcast um, watch the youtube one where you can see the graphics as well uh it's uh i, I did i my eyes now popped out of my head when i saw some of the differences and um, between Jack corey and the other the other players that i i felt were similar to him when i watched him um see thanks so much for popping on and um, before yeah, i let you, you yeah. go though i am um i'm just going to ask you i suppose one more little kind of transfer-related question. And it's, uh, do you actually think, like we're sitting here on a presumed transfer or a hopeful, more so of a hopefulness um, uh, side of things from a transfer, but do you think Villa are going to bring in more than one player? Do you think they even sign one more player before the end of the season? Or do you think what they're doing is they're keeping their powder dry and if the perfect opportunity presents itself, they're going to jump in it?
0: I reckon we'll definitely bring in a defensive midfielder whether that's Decore, whether it's Ward-Prowse, whether it's someone else. I wouldn't be too surprised to see us bring in a backup goalkeeper. Uh, And then I I, I think we'll be, as you say, really biding our time, seeing if the right option comes up winger-wise. I think we'll be open to that, but I don't think we will. Uh, And I think that'll be all of it
1: for us. I think, to be honest with you, I don't think any fan can turn around and say that well, they didn't do enough because once again it would be another transfer window whereby we fill the gaps. Well, yes, I know one of them was huge, but we would have filled the gaps within the squad and potentially added a small bit of gravy on top. So mm. yeah, I like that. If we got if we got those if we got those two players in for certain, I think we would be absolutely delighted because uh one that's one that the kind of slides under the radar is the fact that we have four Pretty quality centre halves in, in in there at the moment, and you know we've got we've got. I think our backs are sorted, or for or for backs, and and the rotation that, that we have in there is pretty much sorted. It's really just a case of, you know, looking towards the midfield, making sure that we don't we don't come a cropper in midfield, and maybe give the option to somebody like uh, Jacob Ramsey or someone like that to, to maybe go out on loan, and if not, mm-hmm. we're confident enough for him staying around the squad. So, Steve, thanks so much for popping on. Really, really appreciate it. Everybody, there's no point in me saying this. I've said it before. I've had Steve on the podcast a couple of times, but follow him on AdVilla Analytics if you aren't already. Get involved in these hashtag Villaspaces as well Um, whenever you see them pop up on Twitter. Um, Thank you so much uh, for for popping on once again, Steve. Um, Next, after this, uh, I'm just going to pop in the video that I did and and check the query. So hope you enjoy it. And uh, up the Villa! Um, This has actually been a pretty busy week. I think there's been a podcast almost every night, but I wouldn't have it any other way, especially coming up to the season. And today I want to talk about an absolute personal favourite of mine. Check to Courier from RC Launce. Somebody I've mentioned a couple of times, I mentioned it to him uh, coming up to the end of the season, last season, as maybe a central midfield slash defensive central midfield prospect that um, I would take a look at, uh, certainly if I was doing the transfers. And lo and behold, there was a rumor that we were interested in him rumor came from um goal.com and also there was there was one or two other um reporters that mentioned this some reputable some not but uh check the apparently uh, tickling the fancy of aston villa and of atalanta at the moment so Oh, I wanted to have a quick look at him. You know, I've I've seen a couple of games of his. I've watched five of his games. I've watched a 1-0 win against PSG, a 2-1 win against Montpellier when he was brilliant, a 4-0 loss against Lille, I think, a 1-1 draw with Lyon and a 0-0 draw with Monaco all of last year. And the reason I picked those teams was because they were the creme de la creme in, in the, the French League. And also I picked him on Pellier again because it's widely uh, accepted that that was his best game last year when he absolutely ran the show uh, against Montpellier. Um, but first of all, before we go into those and before we look at uh, and talk, uh, talk anything about uh, check de Courier, who is he? So he's uh, he's a Malian. Uh, international uh, as i say he plays defensive central midfielder or a central midfielder he's five foot ten and he's right footed we can see there by his heat map he really really loves to patrol that center circle area and um, very much that complete middle third player um loves to get involved you can see that you know he just protects that center circle protects in front of the back four does get forward quite a lot can carry the ball is a decent dribbler. Is more than a decent dribbler. He had, um, I think he finished second for the most successful dribbles in, in uh, the French League last season. So he can definitely carry the ball out of trouble if needed. And that's something I think that Dean Smith really likes to have or will like to have considering we're losing the carrying prowess of some players that we've sold uh, this season. So looking at some similar players, statistically, he's very similar to some players, but also in the way he plays, he's similar to players as well. And I picked the kind of mixture of the two. First one we can see there is Timu um, Bakayoko, a former Chelsea player, former Milan player, former Monaco player, played with Napoli last season and had an absolute storming season in Serie A. Um, uh, he, he's he's quite similar to him. Other similar players are somebody that people mention quite a lot in the same breath as Aston Villa, and uh, I think somebody that everybody would be very very happy if we signed, which is which is e- e- Eves Basuma. um also Declan Rice, uh, quite similar kind of uh, play style to Declan Rice, and also Marie Lamina that was um, with Fulham last season and has since moved on to Pastures New uh, this season. So he is, I, I going to term him a complete midfielder, but I don't want to look at him in that aspect based on uh, what the, the reason I think he's going to come in Aston Villa. I think he's going to come in Aston Villa to do a more defensive job. But it is interesting to look here and this uh, this little um pentagon that we have here i think it is uh that that shows uh output based on his attacking abilities creative abilities technical abilities tactical analysis defensive uh defensive work this comes from um sofa score in case anybody is interested which is a decent site very decent site we can see if you look very closely you can see that there's a pe- there's three pentagons obviously you've got the outer extremities just highlighting what the actual graph is you've got the piece in green which is the courier's output and then inside that you we can see that there is an orange line which dictates the average value of players within that position within the position that czech the played last season and we can see that he's defensive he's tactical and he's technical now he's far super, uh supersede as far um outscoring should i say um and uh, the average uh, score of that position and he's up there from a creative and an attacking point of view as well so You can see why I was going to go down the lines of calling him a complete midfielder. I think that's very, 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 um, it would be remiss of me to say that about a 21-year-old a 21-year-old player in any league. Um, And also, I don't think that we should look at him coming in as that all-round box-to-box complete midfielder if he does come to Aston Villa this season. As we say at the moment, uh, there hasn't even been any news of a concrete bid. It just seems to be reports that we're interested in him, we're speaking, and uh, he is available for in and around €15 million. Um so guys just before we go any further i would love it if you could please like us uh give us a thumbs up on youtube please subscribe on youtube as well if you can do also we do have audio platform as well whether it be on apple podcast or whether it be on shop on spotify i would really really appreciate it if you could just hit the subscribe button there you never know you might like what we've got coming out soon because we've got quite a lot of podcasts coming and uh, please subscribe to our youtube for our team sheet tantrums which will come out One hour before every match um over the coming season and also we will be doing post-match reviews as well but the team sheet tantrum will be exclusively and only on youtube so if you are interested in getting notified of when we're going live roughly about one hour to one hour and 15 minutes before each game for a team sheet tantrum running down what the game is going to um pertain for aston villa what the team selection is like and what the opposing team selection is like if you're interested in that please give us a like please hit the hit the um subscribe button and please hit the little bell beside the subscribe button so you'll be notified as to when we go live so let's take a little look at check the core eh? um Here are some of his statistics. As I say, the five games I watched were uh, PSG, uh, lost to Lille, uh, Montpellier, Lille, and Monaco, which I think are probably the strongest teams in in the French League, as I said. But he played 33 games last season, encapsulating 30 starts. He had four goals and two assists, um, eight yellow cards, which I would expect for somebody who's combative in the middle of midfield, and no red cards, which is always a good sign. Um, showed a small bit of versatility last season. He played ninety-one minutes uh, as a as a, a centre half. Would you believe an auxiliary centre half on um, on two ok on three occasions? He played twenty on twenty-six occasions. He played as a defensive midfielder, um, racking up two. Thousand two hundred and forty three minutes and he also racked up 677, or 99 minutes should I say, as a, a central midfielder. So obviously that's going to add up more to the total minutes that he's played over the course of the season, but he has um, basically, this is bit taken based on games when he played a certain position at a certain time. So um, he has shown a small bit of versatility and uh, I think when he comes, if he comes to play with Aston Villa, it would be in the, the defensive central midfielder role. Where the rubber really meets the road with Czech Dukure is the, some of the fantastic statistics that he has, specifically in a defensive point of view. So I think I've cherry-picked these statistics, and that is no that I'm making no bones about that. But the reason I've done this is because this is what you want to see within your defensive midfielder. So I would I would like to see this. So I think Dean Smith wants to see. I think he wants to see somebody with a high tackle count with high tackles one count as well. And check the core ticks the boxes. They are coming in the 85th percentile um, within Europe's top five leagues. So that is really, really good. He's, he, he tackles quite a lot, but he also wins quite a lot of his tackles. His tackles come in at 3.01 tackles per 90 minutes, and he wins 2.02 uh, tackles per 90 minutes. So he's very efficient in his tackling, and he does tackle quite a lot. Those tackles then broken down, within the defensive third he's uh had 1.49 tackles per 90 minutes in the defensive third which puts him puts him in the the top 10 percent really of of all uh midfielders in europe's top five leagues over the last 365 days and he's in within the top 19 of um of midfield third tackles uh coming in at 1.39 tackles per 90 minutes so this guy gets around he's up there with the big boys you know based on the the statistical output for him for with regards to his um his tackle amounts he is quite quite industrious in their uh, press he's he's a pressing machine and this is why i think Dean Smith really really wants him uh, 36.2% is his successful pressure count so um he he's successful in 36.2% of all his pressures that puts him in the top 5% of all midfielders in Europe. And I think that and we will see in a moment when I put him up against other players that that is quite an important statistic to see. It's quite um it's quite revealing as to what I think you get from him. A real industrious player, you know, he does the basics, he carries the ball, but what he really does is he doesn't give anybody any time to settle. And those pressures are very very um evident when you watch him as well. Um, he's had 11.26 ball recoveries per 90 minutes. I think that's something that Dean Smith wants as well. We need to up the amount of times we're recovering the ball and stopping the amount of times we're blocking shots or inviting people onto our box. And that's where I think Jack de Courier will will show his, his worth. And also he's got 1.82 interceptions per 90 minutes, which puts him in the top 85th percentile. His passing stats are pretty decent as well. Long passing is quite good. His mid-range passing is so-so, you know, it's, 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 it's average, but I'll take average from a defensive midfielder any day. His short passing is, is, is a bit lower than I would like in the 34th percentile, but I think that's based on the amount of short passes that he played last season, as we might see when we look to see comparisons against other players. So I'm really, really enthused, really enthralled by what I see with Czech the not only what I see, but also what the statistics bear and, um, and, and kind of, they, they kind of back up some of the things that I've seen with him. And, and I think that's quite important as well, because, you know, this is what I feel. Uh, Dean Smith is looking for this. So I feel the. The missing link needs to be, it needs to be somebody who's steely in defense. It needs to be somebody who wins tackles, intercepts the ball, recovers the ball, presses, presses, presses. And I think that that will add a small bit to our team. Whether whether Dean Smith ends up playing him in an eight position or even in a sixth position, whether we end up playing it with a back three, which is interesting because Nantes played with a back three in kind of like a three-four-one-two kind of formation that they played, uh, played last season. Whatever Dean Smith wants to do when he spoke today, to, he spoke to um, Sky Sports today about tactical flexibility, maybe playing two strikers up front, maybe playing three strikers, maybe only playing one striker up front. I think he wants to have that flexibility then as you move back through the lines on the team. And Chek Dukouré definitely gives you that based on what he can do with the ball and his ability to carry the ball as well. So moving on here, I wanted to put him up against. Players. So there's no point saying he's statistically similar. He plays similarly to players. I was about we let the stats talk for themselves and let's see where he lines up. And who better to start off with than Yves Basuma? Everybody would love Basuma. I I haven't heard anybody say that they wouldn't like Basuma yet. And people rattle off, that's the guy we need, the the finishing touch. Well, Yves Basuma might cost 30, 40 million. Check the is muted to, to cost 15 million. And look at those statistics. While he does have a worse tackles made count and a tackles one count and tackles in the defensive third count, it's not by an awful lot. You can see he still has very high metrics. You guys see Bazuma is better in those metrics, but Decoure gives you um, very much the same, the same output based on the amount of games that these two guys have played. And where Bazuma re- or where Decoure really comes into it is he's going to tackle in around the midfield. I think Dean Smith doesn't want it to come to a situation whereby, whereby we're inviting so much pressure at our box again and having to block the ball like we did last season. I could be wrong on that, but i I don't think any manager would want that. I think managers would want to control the game and press a small bit higher higher forward last year, we were very sedentary we allowed teams to play through us we set up our block very very low at the edge of the at the edge of the area and I think if there is going to be a change in formation if there is going to be tactical flexibility, I think our block is need going to come forward. I think it's going to need to come forward a small bit towards the center circle and and having somebody here who can who has the tackle numbers that this um Dakure has here, and we can see it's only mar- he's only marginally better than Basuma, but he's still better than Basuma in the middle third. He presses more than Basuma. Sorry, he's more successful, should I say, in the press more th- than Basuma. Being successful in thirty six point two percent, he's ha- he's had re- more recoveries than Basuma, eleven point two six, and he's uh, intercepted the ball um, more than Basuma as well. So very similar, comparable players, I think. Here, one costs north of i would imagine i would imagine brighton are going to look at north of certainly north of 25 probably north of 30 million for him one is going to cost maybe 15 to 17 million the statistical outputs are very similar the statistical outputs are negligible in the difference between the two and we've got we've got a younger player in Czech to very interesting look at their heat maps as well eerily similar eerily similar players and you'll see that as well when you throw on the tape and you watch him. Now, I know stats aren't everything, but they are a hell of a lot, to be honest with you. And I wanted to put him up here against Declan Rice, because when I see him play, I see a bit of Declan Rice in him when he plays. But the courier is a better Declan Rice than Declan Rice based on the statistics. Now, look, I am fully aware statistics tell one story. And obviously, strength of opposition, different teams, different uh, way, the way the teams play is different. But when we look at it here, if Dean Smith wants to get A player, and let me believe you, if, if it broke in the morning, Aston Villa signing Declan Rice for $60 million, every Aston Villa fan, me included, would be streaking with excitement. But look what the stats are. And yes, I, 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 I'm going to keep on prefacing this. Strength of opposition, strength of league does matter. But it's comfortable for courier here when we look at this. He's comfortably ahead in most areas of Declan Rice, except for the amount of interceptions Rice has made, and except for the amount uh, for for Rice's uh, short passing ability. It's quite interesting. I think it's quite interesting. It's some it's food for thought. Looking at their their heat map as well. Check the courier gets around the field better. tends to hold his position a bit more than Declan Rice, and I think that is very important. That is going to be very important for a midfielder, um, for for a Dean Smith midfielder uh, in this coming season. Who's next? Bakayoko. Once again, sterling season for Napoli. It's been linked with moves left, right, and center, actually. I think he has been linked with a move back to Lyon, uh, back to the French League, should I say, with Lyon recently. Didn't really... Caught it in the Premier League with Chelsea, but he wasn't terrible. I would take Bakayoko in the morning if he was offered to us because of the job he does. And we can see it there. He wins tackles at a massive rate, wins tackles. He makes tackles at a massive rate. Uh, He makes them in the midfield third, which I said that Dean Smith wants. But we can see here once again the differences are negligible between him and check the courier and check the courier beats him out in a lot of areas beats him out in the press beats him out in the amount of recoveries beats him out in the amount of interceptions it's it's like uh, the, the passing statistics is, are very very similar as well his percentage completions and so on Bakayoko is going to cost a lot of money once again it's all about trying to find market inefficiencies for Aston Villa football club at the moment find your players have a data-driven approach spoke to josh williams you know, during the week have your data-driven approach bring in a player for 15 turn him into 40 50 million turn your club into a premier into a champions league club or a europa league club that's how you do it you find market inefficiencies the inefficiency here is um purchasing declan rice for 80 million when you can purchase Czech the courier, and at worst case scenario you purchase check decore for 15, 17 million. and worst case scenario i fully i, I feel you get 75 70 75 to Declan rice based in the in dean smith's situation dean smith system and the same with Bakayoko here we can see it the similarities are there statistical similarities for what we want to do are there and it translates on the on the field as well from the games that I saw against Montpellier and and, and like against Montpellier he had let me think. What was it? Was it? Yeah, against Mopelli of four tackles and six interceptions in one game. You know, I I know we're talking about strength of opposition, but that is phenomenal work. Oh, I forgot to throw in as well. He had a goal and he had an assist. His goal was absolutely bloody amazing. Ball just popped up to him at the edge of the area. It was a little ricochet, and he strikes the ball as clean as I've ever seen. And it just eases its way into into the into the goals it was it was a great great goal great composure great strike he's got all of he's got technique he moves comfortably across the field he doesn't have to dive into tackles sometimes he looks a bit clumsy after the tackle he's a 21 year old kid he's going to do that Patrick Vieira didn't exactly look like a gazelle after the tackle. It took him about three or four strides to, to get the ball out from underneath his feet at times. But he was damn effective at what he did, and he went on to be the quintessential defensive midfielder of the late 90s. Am I saying Check the Currier is going to be like Patrick Vieira? No. But I'm saying what I'm saying is that you can find flaws in anybody's game. And I think that the flaw in Check the Courier's game is probably that sometimes he looks a bit clumsy, but he has the, the physical attributes, the physical abilities, and the technical ability, when, which he does get his feet sorted out, to absolutely uh, overcome that. He's only 21 years of age. He only moved from Mali, uh, or he only moved from, what was it called? It was the JMG Academy, um, where such great players like Solomon Kalou, Jervinho, Colo Touré, think that's it i think there's a couple of more people who came out of that uh who came out of that academy he moved from there in 2018 as an 18 year old kid to go to Lots. so he's only playing in europe for three years he's furthering his his uh his development and i think he's ready to take the step up and i think he's ready to come to aston villa and i got going to further i'm going to further show that as well because we've looked at some some players there we've looked at declan rice basuma and bakioko but let's look and see what he wh- how he stats um shape up against Aston Villa's players in Marvellous Nakamba. This is in no way a direct comparison, and I completely understand that. Nakamba only played 13 games last season. Ducuria played 33. But what I wanted to show here is what Nakamba is good at, what Nakuria is good at, and where potentially Dean Smith wants to have this type of player in. We can see the glaring difference here is that is the recovery rate. So Nakamba does not have doesn't recover the ball. He tackles, yes, and, and 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 he he wins tackles at a decent rate and he pressures at not a great rate, but he doesn't win the ball. He doesn't recover the ball back. And I think that's something that that, that Dean Smith will want to will want to improve, and we will see it in a moment. We don't recover the ball in midfield at all. We let the team get to our the edge of our area and take a shot, goes wide, gets saved, it gets blocked. Brilliant. That that was that was our way of winning the ball back a, 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 in a good portion of games last season. If we can add a ball winner, a ball recoverer, somebody who can tackle and stay on their feet and, and, and keep the thing going. Now, I, I, don't th- I, I think Camber can do that. I just think his sample set, this is based on his, his sample set last year. I think his sample set last year is too is, is too low. I'm saying this this being very honest, it's probably not the fairest comparison. But I just wanted to show the difference from how we played last season, which doesn't really require didn't really require us to win the ball higher up the field and the press, to how we could play if we played with a Czech Courier and what he's done really, really well in the launch system. Next take a look at Douglas Louise. Once again, we can see here that Douglas Louise was the guy to recover the ball for Aston Villa last season. And that stands to reason because he was the most withdrawn midfielder. This is a more fair comparison, I think. But could you imagine if we had two people in there recovering the ball higher up the field? Could you imagine if we could get our attacks going that bit quicker? We can see here that yes, while Douglas Louise did recover the ball, his pressing wasn't very wasn't very successful. He didn't intercept the ball an awful lot. And we can see the check to courier based on his statistics with Lawrence and, and, and Douglas Louis statistics, Aston Villa, that he made more tackles, one more tackles, made more of them in the defensive third, made more of them in the midfield third. Once again, strength of opposition taken into account. I completely understand that, but it's interesting. If you can have somebody else that comes in here, recovers the ball at that rate, and if we don't have Douglas Luiz sprinting side to side, let's say Dean Smith goes out and plays three at the back with two number sixes in some games, would you would you be disappointed to have two people who can win back the ball at that uh, at that rate? Recover the ball higher up the field so that we can get Buendia into the game, so that we can get Leon Bailey. Last year, we relied too often and and, get, and and drawing people on to us. When we won the ball, we released quickly through the left. We aren't going to play like that this season. At least I hope we don't, because we've got better personnel to be able to play in different ways this season. And I think this guy could really help us in that instance. So guys, that's really it. Uh, 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 my final kind of thoughts on on Cech de Kure is that while obviously, you know, I don't know whether he's actually going to sign, I would be really, really intrigued to see how he would progress. I genuinely think he has all the attributes that I would be looking for to play that defensive midfielder position, to come in and play in in a, in a double pivot with Douglas Louise, I think he'd actually be brilliant. I, th- I think the two of them would be excellent together in that double pivot position in front of a back three or even in front of a back four. If we were to go with a flatter, flatter midfield three, having two people who can who can recover the ball, having somebody who can press the ball like that, having maybe a McGinn, having McGinn to compress the ball as well. Never, let's not forget that. I should really have put McGinn statistics up here. It would have been interesting. But if we play that fa- flatter midfield three, which I personally think we are going to play, maybe we bring the on the right, Liam Bailey on the left, Ollie Watkins through the center. I don't know. It gives us options, guys. It gives us options but I think Czech the is good value for money. I think he's better than good value for money. I think he's somebody we will look at and we will say 15 million is great. But like, if anybody wants to sign him, they're going to have to come look for 50 from us in, in two to three years time. I, I, I think he can progress to that level. Am I open to being wrong? Absolutely. 100%. But since we're linked to him and since I really, really like him and I like what I've seen before, I really wanted to do a video on him to, um, I suppose just to explain why I like him and what really makes him tick for me. And if you can go and watch that Montpellier game where they win 2-1, um, it's well worth watching because that's a snapshot. He he kind of kicked on from that last season. That's a snapshot of what he, can, um, what he can do and what he can become, I think. So thanks everybody for listening. Thanks everybody for watching. Really, really appreciate everything you do for the podcast. We will be back. Uh, we will probably you're going to be seeing quite a lot of us with team sheet tantrums, as I mentioned, post-match, um, post-match reviews and so on. So the, the content for the, for the podcast is going to keep on coming and coming and coming and we would love you to be along for the ride. So please click the like button on this podcast and um, please subscribe, please hit the little bell. So you get notified for when we do do lives uh, live shows. And I just want to say thank you so much for, for everything you do for the podcast. We're onwards towards the, the first game of the league. Uh, th- uh on on saturday and i for one i'm absolutely delighted and all that's really left to say guys is thank you so much and up the villa